Good morning. Okay, now come on, the Razorbacks won. Good morning. Good morning. I, I know you're excited. The choir wanted to tell me how tired they are from staying up late to watch it, so. But we have the endorphins pumping. It, it's good. I do have a couple of announcements for you before we begin. Uh, I want you, you can't see him. There's one person you can see and one person you can't see. The one you can't see is Grant Harper is hiding back in that room this morning. Uh, Rebecca is away with her family for spring break, so we thank Grant. Uh, he's doing all of our online work this morning. And one you can see, Rilla Stone, is at the organ today. Oh, she's at the piano right now. I think we do this on purpose. Uh, she's at the piano this morning. We thank you so much, Rilla. Uh, Jenny is away this week as well. We are grateful for both of their help this morning. Uh, the Linton Downtown Worship Series continues tomorrow morning, or tomorrow at 12.15, not morning. Tomorrow at 12.15, we'll be at St. John's Episcopal, and the Reverend Kim Cloninger will be preaching. Kim is uh, the pastor at Goddard Methodist Church, and she's actually retiring this summer. So this will be her last time with the Linton Series. So that's at 12.15 tomorrow at St. John's if you can attend. Phil and I are away part of this week as well, and so my bakery class at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays will not meet officially this week. If you want to meet and drink coffee, you absolutely should. But the Mindful Mornings Thursday morning uh, online worship will continue. It will uh, post at 9 a.m. this Thursday, Mindful Mornings uh, devotional. So that's what's happening this week and today. With all of that in mind, let's worship God.
Our call to worship this morning is from Philippians chapter 4. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray that your spirit would descend upon us during this time of worship. We pray that we would be stitched together as brother and sister to one another. We pray that you would strengthen us in all that we do. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let's stand and sing our first hymn. Let's remain standing and pray our prayer of confession. It is printed in our bulletins and on your screens. Let us pray. Lord God, our lives are so brief. Our time on this earth is fleeting. We confess we do not fully embrace the gift of our lives. We waste precious time. We focus on what brings death rather than on what gives life. We forget that our very breath is priceless. Hear us as we confess our casual dismissal of these most important blessings. God of all time and space, our times are in your hands. We thank you for your work in our lives 
and your work in this world. In your holy name we pray. Amen. My friends, who is in a position to condemn? It is only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, and the new life has come. Know that you are forgiven, and be at peace. We have a different song for Lent as we sing to God's glory. During this season of Lent, we have had a signpost series, uh, signs you might see along the road, and the first two uh, have made a lot of sense for Lent. The first one was turn around, it's very Lenten in its message. The second was stop, and today's sign uh, might seem like a bit of a curveball. Today's sign is scenic overlook. So. With that in mind, we are going to read from Luke chapter 10. Um, Jesus has sent out the 70 to do ministry for the first time. They've come home very excited. And then Jesus, we read about this from Jesus. Starting at verse 21. At that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now I'm going to pray. Lord, we pray that you would silence in these moments any voice but your own. Quiet our bodies, our thoughts, our preoccupations. Help us to hear your word, help us to see your work, and upon hearing and seeing, help us to trust you evermore. It's in your name we pray. Amen. By Luke chapter 10, we know that Jesus is headed in a new direction. 
We actually know this by the end of chapter 9, because that's when we are told that Jesus has made a decision. From now on, he's going to be traveling to Jerusalem. No matter what other path he might have taken, all roads now lead to Jerusalem. The way Luke puts it is that Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem. Set his face. So we will hear that phrase at the end of chapter 9, and then something will happen, and then Luke will repeat it for us. But Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem over and over again. And so what that means is that the luggage is packed, it's time to get on the road, the destination is Jerusalem, and nothing is going to stop him along the way. No side trips, no rest breaks, no need for scenic byways. Jesus has set his face. Now, I think all of us have some sort of experience with uh, someone on a road trip who has set their face for the destination. Either that person is you, um, or it is someone else who was in the car with you. And the reason I know that most of us have this experience is because I recently saw on Reddit, I don't know if you know about Reddit, it's an online conversation platform, and recently a woman wrote about her husband, and he was doing this with her and her five-year-old daughter. He decided that they had no reason to stop for food or drink or to stretch their legs. There was no reason at all. They could just keep driving. And when there was some complaining, he finally declared that, yes, restroom breaks could happen, but only every four hours. So the woman wrote about this on Reddit and then asked for people's responses. What should she do? In the blink of an eye, over 800 people responded within moments with their own examples, with advice on how to help, with declarations that both mother and child were being abused. So that's how I know that most of us have an example of being on a trip where someone has set their face. We set our face literally, and we set it figuratively all the time racing ahead toward our goal and forgetting to pause, to, to rise for even just a second above the fray and look around. We are in too much of a hurry for all of that, and when we do that, we miss the view. We, we miss the view and we miss the sign that would have told us about the view. Scenic overlook this way. We don't have time for that. One of the scenic overlooks nearest to us is on the Yellow Rock Trail in Devil's Den State Park. It is less than an hour from here if you drive up Highway 49. When you fly past mile marker 45, and yes, I mean fly past because I know how each of you drives. When you fly past mile marker 45, you have already missed your chance. From the highway, you'd never know what you had missed. But if you had slowed, if you had looked around, only seven miles to the west, you would have seen this. I gave one to each of you this morning. You would have seen this. How many times have you flown right past it? Maybe you were headed to the doctor or an errand or for a meeting or to meet a deadline. 
in your hurry to reach the destination. This was right there. Of course, on most days, we miss this. On most days, we have to miss it. There are tasks that have to be completed and destinations that have to be reached. On most days, we do have to set our face. But today, today for just a few moments, we're going to get off the highway. We're going to slow down. And we're going to lift our eyes and take in the view. It's right there only seven miles away. Now you might be thinking, but don't you know we live in anxious times? Yes, we do. And you might be thinking, isn't this the season of repentance and sacrifice, not of lovely views? Yes, it is, it's Lent. But even in these seasons, we need to pause. We need to enjoy the scenery. Perhaps especially in these seasons we need to do so. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. He has, as I said to you, he has just set his face to Jerusalem. He's just turned the car onto the highway of sacrifice, and yet he takes a moment to remind his followers. He says, blessed are eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, to hear what you hear but did not hear it. So, let's consider for a moment all that our eyes have seen. Let's start with our oldest member, Esther Cook. I don't know if you know Esther, but she is 106 years old. And one of the many things that that means is that her mother could not cast a ballot, could not vote in any election until Esther was five years old. But Esther could. So could her daughters. Something Esther's own ancestors never saw. But we saw it. Can we take a minute to take in that view? Or even more recently, I remember when I was a child and the word cancer would only be whispered. It was never to be spoken at a level tone. It so feared was it. I remember when my uncle Les was ill with it and he died of that cancer along with scores of my family back in generations. And I remember the great aunts and the great uncles whispering the word and talking about years before when everyone died of it and no one even had a word to whisper. My uncle Les never saw the day when cancer could become chronic and not critical. When people might be cured of it, treated of it, lives would be saved. He never saw that day, but we have we have seen it. Take in that view. Even today, when we look at the horror of what is happening in the Ukraine, we remember the time when they were living as an independent nation, when they were the Ukrainian People's Republic. And I don't mean last year. I mean back in 1917. That's the year they were independent and Russia invaded them then as well. That year, and guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. No one stepped in. 
No one fought back because it was just known that might makes right. And so as difficult as it is, those Ukrainians from 105 years ago never got to see this day. It is a difficult day, but at the very least, we no longer get to say that might makes right. They never saw that, but we do. How blessed are we? As true as that is for our freedoms and health and power, that is only the beginning compared to the blessings we have seen in our faith, in the Christian faith, this vast, vast vista that lies before us. Every week, you know, we come here and we read a handful of verses from the scriptures, and we study them, and we pray about them, and we look deeply into their meaning for our lives, and that is good, that is very good. But just as we can miss the scenery by flying past it too fast, we can also miss the view in front of us if we were only focused on the one blade of grass on the ground. And we forget to look up. So, let's look up for a moment. Let's consider these vistas. The first apostle to die, the first apostle ever to die, his name was James, and he died in the year 44. And we know that since he died in the year of 44, he never once had his faith strengthened by reading Paul's words to the Romans. Romans was written a decade later, and so James never read, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. James never read that. We have. How blessed are we? And Paul, who wrote those words, he never knew St. Patrick, whose holiday you just wore green for or else you got pinched. He never knew of the faith Patrick had, faith that could be so strong it would lead him to return to Ireland to the people who had kidnapped and enslaved him as a teenager. Did you know that's how he got there? And when he became a Christian, he returned to them to share the good news of Jesus with them. Paul never knew Patrick, but we do. How blessed are we? And Patrick never knew Handel, nor sang his hallelujah chorus. And Handel never learned from Mother Teresa, who out of her faith cared for the least, not only throughout India, but with the Sisters of Mercy throughout the world. Patrick and Handel never did get to learn from Teresa, but we have. How blessed are we? Do you see that view? And even now, in this terrible time, there are evangelical churches throughout eastern Poland. I don't think you can imagine a tinier church. They are 0.2% of the population of Poland, these evangelical Christians. Not 2%. 0.2%. And a month ago, they met together and they said, that we've run out of funds, we can't heat our buildings, we can't keep the lights on, we need to limit services. And three weeks ago, they said to heck with the bills. 
because the lights are staying on and the heat's going to run 24-7 because even this morning in those gathering places, in those congregations, mattresses are lined up. Mother Teresa didn't get to see that. But we do. We get to see it all. From our vantage point, looking out over the view, how blessed are our eyes to see what we've seen? I know it can be hard to look around right now. It can be hard to open our eyes and to see. But I urge you to go out there and look around as difficult as so many things are. That's where God is creating the views. Take some time this week. Pull off the road of your life and look around. It's only about seven miles west of your regular path, or one minute, or a turn of your head, or an opening of your heart. That's all it is. Look out instead of down. Cast your eyes, cast your heart upon all that God has done and is doing. Look at the scenic vista he has spread out for you. It will take your breath away. Amen. Before we pray, a couple of uh, concerns to share with you. First, we pray for the Van family uh, today. Betty's mother, Lenore, died uh, this weekend. Services for her will be a week from tomorrow. Also, please continue to pray for Bruce King, who is uh, desperately ill in Little Rock at St. Vincent's Hospital. Now, with that in mind, let us pray. Holy God, we are so blessed, we are so very blessed to have experienced so many joys and wonders in our lives. We're mindful of the opportunities we have been given to serve you. We're thankful for the saints alongside whom we have served. We are thankful for the moments of grace which we have experienced and witnessed Thankful for the small tendernesses, the compassion, the concern, the outpourings of selfless love. We understand that in these events, in these experiences, we are drawn closer to you than in any other. As we consider the scope of our lives and the days which have composed them, help us to be ever mindful of the many wonders we have experienced the sights we have beheld, the stories we have been told. On this day, as we gather in gratitude, as we celebrate those blessings, as we stop and look at the view which you have created for us, we are ever mindful of the need for ever more grace 
even more blessings and even more selfless and humble love in your world. As we see images of violence and war, help us also to see and understand moments of tenderness and compassion in their midst. As we see images of suffering and poverty, help us to recognize the selflessness that is happening in their midst. As we see moments of anger and hatred in our own communities, help us to recognize times of love and compassion in our midst. And help us especially to be agents of these things. Help us to be agents of peace. Agents of compassion and sharing. Agents of love and grace. We take this moment of silent prayer now to acknowledge the areas in our lives where we can demonstrate the beauty of your call and your creation. Always when we gather before you, we pray for healing. And today we pray specifically for healing for Bruce and for your presence with his wife, Audrey, his daughters. We pray for healing in the Van family, and we commend Lenore into your eternal care. Receive her this day and seal the promises made to each of us in our hearts. And we take this moment now to offer to you our silent prayers for people in particular situations. Holy God, as we prepare to leave this place and go out into your world, we pray that you would guide us, inspire us, and call us ever forward that we may live as your faithful disciples and show your love in all that we do. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us pray. O Lord, we thank you for the many blessings and gifts you have bestowed upon us. We return our humble tithes and offerings to you, that they may be used for your glory in this place and throughout your world. In Jesus' name, amen.
you go out, I charge you with the prophet Micah's charge. When he says, what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And now may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord's face shine upon you, and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Please share Christ's peace with one another. Thank you. I was good.